As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Major League Soccer is back and Jeff Reuter is here with three games, actually seven games, worth keeping an eye on in week two. All that plus a few soccer-related updates on the situation in Ukraine. I'm Alex Abnos from The Athletic, and this is Soccer Every Day for Thursday, March 3rd. But first, your TV guide for today. As always, all times are Eastern. There are really only two games of note, both in cup competitions in Europe. The first one in the Copa del Rey in Spain. It's the second leg of the semifinal, Real Betis versus Rayo Vallecano. That kicks off at 3 p.m. on ESPN+. Betis is up 2-1 on aggregate, and whoever wins this particular matchup will go on to play Valencia in the final. There's also a really good FA Cup game if you're into David vs. Goliath matchups. At 3.15 p.m., Everton hosts Boreham Wood. Boreham Wood beat Bournemouth the last time out. That's how they got here. And they are by far the lowest-ranked team left in the FA Cup. They play in the fifth tier in the National League. Every other team at this point in the fifth round is at least in the championship. Uh, it's obviously going to be a tall task for them to beat Everton, but you never know. It's the magic of the FA Cup. It's a real thing. Uh, tune in for that one. It should be fun. And with that, let's send it over to Jeff Reuter and MLS Preview. MLS is back, ladies and gentlemen. It's actually already back. Uh, we're just past the opening weekend. Um, but that means we're into the second week of the season. And we didn't preview all of the opening weekend games last week because we had a lot of news happening. But this week, we are going to do that. We might do it on a regular basis. And of course, to preview all of these games, the full slate or at least the most memorable games, the most anticipated games among them. I have Jeff Reuter with me. Jeff, welcome to the show. And to speaking of anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, very much so. Okay, so you have chosen three games out of the full slate uh, of MLS matchups this weekend that you think are worth watching. And there are some interesting ones here, but there are also some interesting games I noticed when you gave me your list ahead of recording that are not on this list. So I do want to cover those very quickly. Um, yeah. First of all, LAFC Portland. Uh, this could be potentially an interesting one just because two of traditionally, you know, teams that you think are going to be quite good uh, that may or may not be this year. We don't know because it's week two. <laughs> right. 
First among those, LAFC versus Portland. Jeff? Mm, the West. What do you think? Yeah, what do you think about this one as an honorable mention? Maybe um, watch, maybe don't. Yeah, there's a couple of fun things. I think that until we get a verdict on Carlos Vela's contract situation, LAFC is must watch because if week one is any indication, he is going to tear this league apart. Uh, yeah. And we were talking actually earlier on a separate call, um, but Paul Tenorio was talking about how that is just fascinating to watch, how he could just be lighting this league on fire. And it, it's an opportunity for him either to make a case if he wants to move elsewhere or to just get as much money as possible. And either way, we, the neutral consumer, like watching Carlos Vela make MLS defenders look silly. Um, we don't know if the Portland Timbers are going to be good or not this year. Uh, certainly playing to a 2-2 draw against New England is a good way to start your season. But uh, there's just a lot of questions about how high their ceiling can be and uh, certainly a lot of organizational things that need to be figured out and that have to be the priority uh, over thinking about the soccer when you think about the Portland organization these days. So uh, definitely watch it. It's a nightcap. And I think the other thing is Western Conference games that kick off after... Uh, I'm going to say 9 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Central, are always fun. Always fun. And so if you're looking for something to do at 10 o'clock Eastern on Sunday, what more would you want? Reliably great way to end end the week. Another uh, good game that that is also a nightcap, also involving an L.A. team, so it's probably not a nightcap actually because it starts. It depends it how old you are. Yeah, kicks off at seven thirty p.m. But you you know you only get so many chances to see the very first game in a club's history. Uh, you're getting increasingly fewer of those chances, assuming that MLS doesn't just continue to expanding. God, I hope so. To like sixty or seventy teams. Um, Charlotte FC kicks off their life as a club playing in the state of North Carolina uh, against the LA Galaxy at seven thirty p.m. That'll be on Big Fox broadcast Fox. So mm. Uh, mm. another rare opportunity to watch like live American soccer on a broadcast network. Uh, Jeff, though, you know, the, the outlook for Charlotte, let's just say, is not so good uh, to start right. this year. The outlook for L.A. is, uh, I would say, maybe magnitudes better. So, <laughs> yes, is, you know, what, what should we watch in this game outside of what is sure to be a pretty good environment at Bank of America Stadium? They're looking at 75,000, I think, or there which is awesome. That's yeah. super cool. And I think that with the recent expansion teams, pretty much ever since Cincinnati. So we're talking Cincinnati, not as much maybe Nashville, Miami, for whatever reason, that felt like it was focused more on the soccer. But if you tack on Austin to this group as well, it feels like we're to a point with MLS expansion where people are just talking about, well, I hope the spectacle's good and expectations for, and I know I talked about this on an episode of this show last week when you were gone, expectations for expansion teams are very low often. Yeah. And I think that the, the hype around Charlotte FC took an absolute swan dive uh, with the, understandably so, with the damning self-assessment of Miguel and Hel Ramirez. And I don't know if that was intentional to try to get people to stop paying attention, but uh, certainly focus on how many people are in that building. Uh, also focus on Chicharito and if he's able to continue. He started incredibly strong last season. He scored a match winner already in week one. If he is able to continue uh, to be, I guess this is kind of what Nani was always doing in Orlando, right? Start a season incredibly strong and then we'll see how the fall goes when I'm getting tired. But right. uh, if he can keep it up for a full season, he's my pick for MVP this year. So I'm just going to tell you to watch my pick for MVP. That makes sense. Uh, should also be noted with Nashville and Miami, they both sort of came to life right at the t- same time that COVID-19 did. So That's that tends true. to put a damper on uh, home environments, uh, you know, here, here and there. So it'll be what nice I will to say, see though, a full stadium. That doesn't mean that I have forgotten Joe Willis using his hand from about 50 yards away from his goal in Nashville's debut. Unfortunately, wow. that's going to be one of the great lost moments in MLS history because it was like a week before the pandemic started. That's but true. Sometime Pablo will write like a 5,000 word piece about the, the hand of 
soccer Moses or something. He'll come up with a <laughs> better title go. for it. That's why he does it. I, I have to admit, I had completely forgotten about that moment. And now, uh, after we are done recording, I'm going to go back and watch it again. Uh, moving <laughs> on to another honorable mention. Amazingly enough, these are not games that we actually like are saying you absolutely must watch. So it's let's a good it, weekend. It's a good weekend. Can, but let's make it quick. Just, Atlanta, Atlanta United yeah. versus Colorado Rapids. What's up? Uh, two teams that again should be very good, but it's so early that you don't really know how good. I think Colorado looks like they could take a serious step back with a few of the players that they lost. Cole Bassett, Sam Vines, Kellen Acosta um, were all very important, but they also were some of the livelier players in this Colorado side. So I think as Robin Frazier looks for how to beat teams and catch them unaware, uh, that's those are some options, especially if you're talking about Bassett and Acosta that helped throw teams off because tactically they were so versatile and now with them gone, they're a little easier to predict. Atlanta um, looks good. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I, I think that, you know, getting Gonzalo Pineda to a full preseason, uh, they're a very exciting team to watch. But let me also just say, yes, these are a lot of games that we're saying are worth watching. One, we missed MLS, can you tell? Two, uh, I think it's a nice return to a less regionalized based schedule where you're not seeing so many repeat matchups or so many. Well, we don't want to have Western Conference teams playing Eastern Conference teams coast to coast because of charter times. Now they're able to actually make it a little bit more of the schedules we remembered from 2019 and beforehand. And so I think we're getting more fresh matchups than we've had the past few years. And that's wonderful from an outside perspective. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, from that to a very a match a matchup that feels very not fresh. Uh, Houston versus Kansas City. It feels like these teams just play each other every single week. Um, yes. But there's actually an interesting storyline this time around uh, with Paulo Nagamura mm-hmm. returning to Kansas City for the first time since uh, forever? forever. I don't know. It's been a long time. Yeah, and I think that that will be fun to watch. Uh, certainly, watching him get to in his second game as a first division manager and as like an independent I am in control of my own team he's never done that before right before this Houston project and so I think that there's something very interesting about him doing that in front of the coach who was helping dictate what he had to do with the second team for the last four years right uh certainly coming back and having this game at Children's Mercy Park is fun just from like a vibes standpoint uh we also should probably quickly touch on a player who won't be available. Two players who won't be available. We could talk about Kansas City's midfielder who won't be available if you'd like, but uh, because he was cut. <laughs> yeah, right. Today, <laughs> Jose Mauri. Yeah, so but long. Overshadowing Jose Mauri, I think, is Hector Herrera, who's signed and will join from Atletico Madrid uh, at the end of the European season. Um, the idea of Paulo Nagamora getting to tell Hector Herrera who to target on a field just seems unfair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. It's really I think good. I think I think that's that's exactly the kind of signing that that Houston needed yes. to make in order to to be a little bit more relevant in their own market and also just just be a better soccer team. I agree. Yeah. Uh, with all those four games uh, and compelling reasons to watch, I'm really curious to hear you vouch for these next three. These are the top three <laughs> games of the weekend, according to Jeff Reuter. Let's start off with Chicago versus Orlando. 
Why? A game that, by the way, if it was like 2018 until 2019, and I told, or 2015 until 2019, if I told you the matchup that you want to watch this weekend is Chicago to Orlando, there is no point of that five year window where you say, okay. <laughs> so yeah. it is, it is a very different MLS at this point. But I think the fact that Jaredan Shakiri is already like, fit enough, ready to go to be starting every single game makes Chicago very intriguing. Having him come to Soldier Field, I think there is a chance that this actually could... I'm hedging this so much because I still will believe it when I see it and know sooner, but there is a chance that this does help get Chicago more into the fire again. If they're at Soldier Field, if they have a player that even just casual soccer fans will have likely heard of if they watched the Champions League over the last five years, ten years. Um, uh, Ezra Hendrickson... uh, of course, they played like the only scoreless draw of the weekend, I think, opening weekend Chicago did. But um, still, I think that they have a chance to be a lot of fun. And Orlando looked very good against Montreal. Um, yeah. Red card that they're going to have to deal with Robin Hans- Janssen. But, um, you know, Pato finally scored his first goal in Major League Soccer over a year later, which it, you could just tell seeing in his celebration just how relieved he was. Like it was a true cathartic laugh, which is nice to see. You don't yeah. often see that sort of break of levity in it instead of the machismo. So that was really cool. Um, but it, it's just a reminder that in this year of transition where like Orlando lost Nani, Orlando lost Daryl DK, uh, Chris Mueller, I guess. Um, I think a lot of focus has been on the fresh faces, the players who came in to replace. But the, if you could get Pato back to firing at a pretty decent clip, if he's able to score one and three, uh, that would do wonders to keep Orlando from falling out of the sort of second tier of the Eastern Conference and falling into that sort of miasma that falls uh, from spots like six through ten. So right. could be big for them. Moving on, Minnesota versus Nashville. Yes. What's your what's your justification here? Uh, one, I'm realizing I picked two games within the same conference already. So, <laughs> so that whole cross conference or the, the my really impassioned plea uh, of thanks has already been rendered useless. But I think that Nashville looked very much what we expected in week one. They were very difficult to break down. Uh, they weren't necessarily playing the most uh, exciting brand of soccer, but they beat Seattle in Seattle, and that's nothing to sneeze at. So I think that now suddenly. What they're seeing is when you beat New England, teams just say, okay, well, that's Nashville. Good for you. When you beat Seattle and Seattle, suddenly they're already getting supporter shield dust thrown at them. And so it's going to be interesting watching them temper those expectations. Uh, Minnesota probably had lower expectations this season after a fairly inactive offseason by their standards. Uh, I think this is the first offseason I can remember because I've been covering the team. I was covering the team specifically uh, from like about 2015 to 2019 before broadening my scope more nationally. But uh, this is the first offseason I can remember in Major League Soccer since they came to Major League Soccer where they didn't improve on paper, yeah. where it doesn't look like the roster for the next season's better than the one beforehand. First time that's happened. But they looked very good in the opener uh, against Philadelphia. They did just enough to be able to break them down for five consistent minutes. It wasn't just this one chance that they fluked in and Robin Lode finished it. They looked like they were keeping up for a span of five minutes and really putting the pressure on what you want to see from Minnesota United and what they've struggled with dating back to the Western Conference final even is putting teams away. They've been very, uh, very happy to just kind of set up shop with their one goal or their two goals and hope that that's going to be enough. Uh, it's been uh, to their detriment at times, of course. But, uh, you know, I think that this will be a good test for them. Uh, their home opener certainly playing it when it's this cold. I'm sure I could have checked my weather app and told you what it will be in Minnesota, but I know it will be better than what I sat through at the World Cup qualifier. So I would hope so. Uh, <laughs> so that's fine. But I think that that has a potential to be either a very tight game 
which will come down to the midfield, at which point that's the advantage Nashville. Or it could be a game where the more dynamic players have to liven the game up. And if that's the case, that's probably advantage Minnesota. So that's one to watch. Lastly, Austin FC versus Inter-Miami. Austin FC had a pretty amazing start to the season. You know, anytime you can start off with a 5-0 win, that's pretty good. Uh, But maybe a minor footnote there is that it is against, it came against uh, poor FC Cincinnati, who just, 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 they're just not catching any breaks. They're not really doing all that good of a job either. Uh, I hope things get better for them, but we're not going to talk about them. We're going to talk about Austin FC and Inter Miami. What about this game uh, sort of spoke to you as you were looking at the at the slate? I want to know if Austin FC is for real. And I, I know that when you look at the tiered rankings, I don't think Miami is going to fall much higher than Cincinnati on a lot of people's preseason previews if you're looking at our site and others. But I think that um, you've got two coaches in year two who are trying to now get over the sort of first year rookie coach slump. Um, you know, Phil Neville is going to want his team to play in a very different way. They're going to be probably more pragmatic. They're going to have to really, really function through Gonzalo Higuain um, even more than they were last year, which is surprising to think if you were to come up with like a usage rate stat, he feels like he would have been one of the top three or four players last season. Um, but they're going to be up against it for a lot of the year because of the the, the talent, um, the drop in talent that they have on their roster and the, the sanctions that they suffered through the Blaze Matuidi scandal. Um, but with Austin, Josh Wolf with his positional play, it looked strong at the beginning of last season and then it really fell apart about five weeks in and they were never really able to make up that ground um, to be even relevant in the Western Conference. And is it a year too soon to think that they could be? Maybe. But I do think that it wasn't just the fact that they slaughtered FC Cincinnati because we've seen that before in the past few years. It was the right. fact that it looked replicable. It was the fact that they got a couple of lucky bounces that Alexander Ringgold on the second one certainly was just mishit a ball and then it bounced off the turf and over um, the goalkeeper. Uh, right. I messed up his name when I was writing the preview, so I'm just scared to say the new Cincy goalkeeper's name. I messed <laughs> him up. <laughs> but... Um, Either way, how replicable is it? How much of this is uh, Cecilio Dominguez finally putting it together and look like he could be, um, you know, one of the two best facilitators on a playoff hopeful team? Is uh, Sebastian Dryusi going to be like a fringe best 11 sleeper because he has the talent and he is someone who was seen as having maybe not quite Barco levels of expectations when he was coming up, but he was certainly seen as someone who could factor in uh, as a future Argentina national. So um, if he's able to put it together, that's huge for them. But I, I think just, you know, three o'clock Sunday, four o'clock Sunday Eastern, I think that that's a, that's a fun time slot for a game too. So, um, I had to pick one of the national games, Alex. And as you saw the games involving the LA teams, I was like, yeah, they're good. But this one feels like with two second year coaches, there could be something that we can learn from it that'll educate us for the rest of the season. And unfortunately, that's how I have to watch MLS games in my job. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm not necessarily picking just casual watching. These are things that I think will be interesting to watch. Well, you have sold me. I am now very interested in all of these three games in addition to the four that we discussed before. Those are seven games. That's basically half <laughs> half the slate. Uh, but that's oh a pretty God, good. This league a, is so big. Yeah, a lot of teams in this league uh, I'm, I'm discovering and rediscovering every single year. Jeff, thank you so much for uh, talking about it with us. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again about it soon. Sounds great. Elsewhere in soccer news, Chelsea owner and Russian oligarch Roman Obramovich has announced that he is selling the club. This is obviously huge seismic news in the soccer world. Abramovich has owned the club since 2003. 
He said in a statement on Wednesday that net proceeds from the sale will be donated to a charitable foundation that would be, quote, for the benefit of all victims of the war in Ukraine, and that he would not be asking for approximately 1.5 billion pounds of loans that he offered the club over the years to be repaid. Abramovich's decision to sell, of course, comes with the context of Russia's ongoing invasion of Ukraine. There have been calls in British Parliament for Abramovich to face sanctions following that invasion. Chris Bryant is a Labour member of Parliament. He told politicians on Thursday that he had obtained documents from 2019 that link Abramovich to illicit finance and, quote, malign activity. Bryant added that Abramovich should be, quote, no longer to own a football club in this country, end quote. There's more on that in a news item on Abramovich's sale linked in the show's description. Related to that, though, EA Sports has removed Russia's national team and domestic league from FIFA 22. The Russian national team has been barred from competing in its upcoming World Cup qualifier by FIFA and UEFA, and UEFA has also kicked Spartak Moscow out of the Europa League. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can subscribe to The Athletic for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all. Hey, baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.